Hi guys, I'm Lainey Travis, and I want to welcome you to the Gospel on the Go podcast. If you're anything like me, your day-to-day life is busy and your schedule sporadic. So finding time to connect with God during the day can be challenging. This podcast offers short, power-packed Bible messages in under 10 minutes, making it easy to incorporate God's Word into your day-to-day life. So whether you're commuting to work, carpooling kids to soccer, folding that last load of laundry, or sitting in a waiting room, Gospel on the Go will meet you where you are and make it easy to connect with God and feed your soul. Gospel on the Go will air a new episode every Monday and bring the truths of the Bible into your busy life. Hi guys, welcome to episode seven of my podcast, Gospel on the Go. This week is titled Grace and Truth. In John 1:14, the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. The Bible says that we serve a God who is full of both grace and full of truth. Grace and truth seem to contradict themselves. How can God be both? The truth involves facts. Truth sets the standard for right and wrong. In today's story, the truth will represent God's law. While grace can be described as undeserved favor or the act of being pardoned or shown mercy, in the Bible story we will visit today, we will see that Jesus proves to be both grace and truth. He covers us with His grace, and His truth sets us free. Today's story is found in John 8, 1 through 11. I'm going to read this short story, and then we will examine the truths that we find. At dawn, Jesus appeared in the temple courts where all the people gathered around Him, and He sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses commands us to stone such women. What do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Jesus. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go and leave your life of sin. The woman in this story was caught red-handed in the act of adultery. This crime required strict punishment under the Old Testament Mosaic law. Adultery was and still is a grievous sin. God takes marriage seriously. According to Leviticus 20.10, this sin was considered a capital crime and could result in punishment by death for both parties, the man and the woman involved. A little history regarding the Old Testament law to give you some context. When someone was accused of a crime in the Old Testament, there had to be a trial with two or three witnesses. Stoning was not a random mob action. The death penalty was a maximum punishment for certain sins only after due process. God established the law to set a standard of truth. He then set up a sacrificial system to atone for sin. He made a way for repentance. This foreshadowed Christ and was fulfilled in Christ. The law showed God's standard of righteousness, His truth, but He sent Jesus to die in our place and make a way for us to be pardoned, His grace. Because none of us are righteous, we all fall short of the standard of righteousness. In Ezekiel 33:11, God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. God desires us to repent and return to Him. Let's get back to the story. In this story, the Pharisees brought only the woman, which shows how one-sided their accusation was. There was no trial. This was a mob mentality. They were proving they didn't really care about the woman or her morality. They were willing to condemn her without remedy, using her as a pawn in the game to trip up Jesus. This was a trap. Jesus knew they were trying to trap Him. Remember, Jesus was a threat to their religious titles and their interpretation of truth. 
Jesus was shaking things up, welcoming the outcasts, dining with sinners, healing the sick, standing up for the oppressed. Jesus wasn't aligning with their theology of keeping the unclean out. Jesus came for the sinners, and the religious leaders wanted him gone. The teachers of the law were trying to prove that Jesus could not be both full of grace and truth. Here is where their trap lies. If Jesus doesn't permit them to punish this woman, they would accuse him of violating the Mosaic law, the truth. If he told them to stone her, he would contradict his ministry of mercy, grace. What will Jesus do? The woman was drugged in front of Jesus while he was teaching a crowd. She most likely had little to no clothes on. She was publicly humiliated. The religious leaders most assuredly had been watching her, waiting to trap her in her sin. She was utterly exposed. They wanted to condemn her. Condemn means to sentence, doom, denounce, shame, or punish her. They were ready to throw their stones. Their hearts were like the stones they held in their hands, cold and hard. In Matthew 23, 28, Jesus says about the Pharisees, On the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Jesus could see their hearts. He knew their plans were for evil and their political agenda. He saw the truth of the situation. He saw the truth of their motives. Jesus, in this situation, became her advocate. He protected her. An advocate is one who pleads the cause of another, who defends, supports, and promotes. In Hebrews 7.25, the Bible says Jesus lives to make intercession for us. He is our advocate. He does this for us today. He stands between us and our accusers. He is for you. She had no voice, and Jesus became her voice. She never uttered a word. In John 8.4, the Pharisee said, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery, and the law of Moses commands us to stone such women. What do you say? You can hear the mockery behind their question. Jesus didn't respond to their question. In John 8, 6, he says he bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. He got on her level. Jesus gets on your level, in your darkest hour, in your deepest sin, in the thick of your trauma, in the midst of your accusers. Jesus sees you. Look to him to be your defender. He is not condemning you. He is meeting you right where you are. Then Jesus began to write in the sand with his finger. This is the only time in the Bible we see Jesus writing. He was drawing attention away from the woman, away from her shame, and bringing everyone's eyes to what he was writing. We don't know what he was writing. Some theologians believe he's writing the sins of her accusers. But he's also showing them something. Let's look at Exodus 31, 18. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the covenant of the law. The tablets of stone were inscribed by the finger of God. The same finger that wrote the original law is now writing in the sand. Jesus knows the truth of the law. He wrote it. They can't outsmart him. He is truth personified. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Pharisees and religious leaders of the day were obsessed with the law. They prided themselves on how well they knew it, how well they studied it. They debated it constantly. They even wrote it on their foreheads. Yet in the irony of this situation, the author of the law, the truth personified, is standing in front of them and they don't even see him. The Bible says in John 1, 14, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's full of grace and truth. They kept questioning him and he remained silent. This conversation was going to happen on Jesus's terms. In John 8, 7, Jesus then raised himself up in her defense. And he said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. By his answer, he baffles these leaders. He isn't justifying her sin or saying that she didn't sin. He's leveling the playing field. He's saying that the Pharisees and the religious leaders standing there are sinners too. He's letting them know we all need saving. We all deserve punishment. Yes, some sins have greater social and spiritual repercussions and consequences, but sin is sin. And none of us can stand blameless before a holy God. 
He gave them permission to punish her only if they themselves were sinless. And the only one who was qualified to throw a stone was Jesus. And he was never going to throw stones at her. He wasn't going to condemn her. He was going to rescue her. After Jesus challenged them, he bent back down and started writing on the ground. In John 8, 9, it says at this, those who heard what Jesus said dropped their stones and they went away one at a time, the older first, followed by the younger, until only Jesus and the woman were left standing there. Then he raised himself up a second time and he said, woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? She says, no one, Lord. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. Jesus is not condoning her life of sin. In his grace, he's getting on her level. He's meeting her where she is, but he doesn't leave her there. He then shows her the way to freedom. He leads her into all truth. He says, leave your life of sin. When we come to Jesus trapped in our sins, he forgives us. His grace covers us. He doesn't condemn us, but then he leads us into all truth and his truth will set us free. In Ephesians 2, 8, the Bible says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God. And in John 8, 32, it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus, our Savior, is both full of grace and full of truth. Thank you for taking time to listen to the Gospel on the Go podcast. And I pray these Bible teachings bring the life-changing power of God's Word into your everyday life. 